Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, being a part of the sandwich generation can be a hard bite to swallow. We talk to Adrian Day about the chaotic circle of caregiving. Plus, Biz is tired of all the help. Woo! That was cathartic. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, this is going to turn into a little bit of a rant, I think, because I'm so tired of hearing the phrase, it's up to you about like everything these days because everything is you know a loaded decision nothing is nothing is easy for anyone i know and i'm being asked by family about halloween plans or not halloween i don't even know that just happened uh (laughs) holiday plans that's where i'm going and i don't i don't want to do anything i don't want to travel anywhere like i i can't think i mean none of this is any better nothing has changed it's worse so stop saying, it's up to you, but I really want to see my grandkids or with my <laughs> husband. Like, it's up to you, but I really think we should go. I don't I don't want to travel, and it's not up to me. This None of this is up to me. Like, I, <laughs> if it was up to me, things would be so different. I mean, I, I don't understand why, why anything is being phrased as up to me because this is not <laughs> – not something that I want to do, and I'm not canceling holiday plans at anyone, but I think that we need to cancel holiday plans. I think everyone should, and I'm not judging the people who aren't. I'm sure they're making the best decision that they can, but it's not It's not up to them. None of this is up to anybody. It's just something we have to do, and I wish that my family would stop making these decisions up to me so that when I make them, someone's always mad. Oh, yeah. You circled right around and honed right in on the target. It's up to you to be the asshole. (laughs) That's what it's up to you to be. That is why everybody, you are right. It's up to you. Like that, actually, I think I was okay with it's up to you a while ago, pre-pandemic. And I'm okay with it's up to you, not followed with but, right? Anytime anything is followed with, but that means whatever option or thing they were saying or giving to you before the but is about to be eliminated. I love you, but (laughs) look, I am enjoying this, but right? Like it's up to you, but I think whatever answer you come up with is going to be crushingly disappointing to all of us concerned and you don't love us. So yeah, this is, you're right. It's not up to anybody right now. And people are passing that buck off on you. And that like, it's sinister. It's a little sinister and sneaky, isn't it? And I, I don't know. I think you're right. And I, I think what it's up to you makes me think of is how it is up to everyone involved to 
be part of the decision-making process and to not shy away from it or try to avoid being the one who has to make the hard decision or the bearer of bad news. Maybe you could be like, all right, it's up to me, but whatever my answer is, you're going to be the one communicating it to all members of the family. It's up to me for you to be the messenger. (laughs) I think you're doing a really good job. You're right. This is, it's too much and it's not helpful. Speaking of helpful and phrases that we say sometimes without thinking about, I really, really, really want to shout out a very special thank you to all of those working in the ICUs. We had a rant from a parent whose partner works in the ICU, and she was saying how hard it was to hear the phrase COVID fatigue because she was witnessing real fatigue from her husband and others in the ICU. And look, we are always learning how to be more mindful in the use of language. And yes, yes, we are all tired of all the effects that COVID has dished out on us. But just like mommy wars and things like that, These are catchphrases that people are generating for news, for sound bites, to help communicate certain feelings. And then we, the consumers of such media, take them on and use them in a very loose way. And yes, uh, we are tired. I am so tired. I can't like, I can't walk through the day without stumbling into like some sort of emotional trap around here. So I know if I am, everybody is. And it is okay to say that we are tired, but I I do appreciate this rant call that I listened to because those that are on the front lines in trying to keep people alive who have contracted COVID and to keep those healthy who are susceptible to COVID are fucking exhausted. And I just want to say that we see you and you are amazing. And the best way for me to honor those that are working the front lines is to put on a mask, and I hope everyone will put on a mask as a symbol of how much we support those in these professions, in these, you know, frontline essential workers. Instead of yelling out the window, put a mask on. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, things that are helpful and not helpful. I'm not really sure which side I'm leaning on in this weird intro today, but (laughs) we've been in our house together as a family unit for a while. And my check-in today is just that where we are in the, uh, we've all been together too long without any place to go phase, is the everybody trying to be quote-unquote helpful by correcting everything that everybody does. Like, like if you say a word wrong, 
Like you just use the wrong word. And those of us who have had super brain and may have super brain forever, we might use the wrong word in place of another word. And then that word has to be corrected, usually by a child. And they have to correct each other. It's not just me being corrected, which I have no patience for. It is having to listen to people correct each other in this house. And there's... It's negating. Okay, guys, it's like, it's not. And when I'm like, just let it go. Well, I'll say that sometimes to the children. Just let it go. You don't have to, but I'm trying to be helpful. It's not, it's not helpful. It's that your, your sibling is not going to walk through life thinking it's Starflux. They're going to figure it out one day and sort it out. They'll fix it. Okay, we don't have to correct every single time. And Everybody, please stop correcting my Swedish in this house. This is why I don't even try to speak Swedish because now I have three people all like minutely, like, look, I got an accent. All right. I try my best. I try my best. Okay. So much of the helpful correcting and it might make me go out for milk and never come back. <laughs> Speaking of things that make you, how many times have I said speaking of things already? Are we playing a drinking game today, guys? I think that, why why not? It's the holidays. Speaking of speaking of things, Gabe's now looking at me like I've lost my mind. Speaking of reasons to walk out your door and never come back. Today, we are going to talk with Adrian Day, who is a journalist who recently wrote a piece about parenting up and down the generational ladder during the pandemic. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Today we are welcoming Adrienne Day, who is a journalist, writer, editor, and native New Yorker. She's contributed to the New York Times, Stanford Social Innovation Review, Oh, the Oprah Magazine, Grist, Nautilus, New York Magazine, and The Village Voice, among other outlets. She was a senior editor at Entertainment Weekly and the editor at Spend.com before, <laughs> I love this part, she got too old and too tired to go to rock shows five nights a week. I am very with you. A recent essay of hers about parenting up and down the generational ladder during the pandemic was published in the New York Times. And what I want to talk with Adrian about today. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So let me start by asking you who lives in your house? Sure. Well, it's me. I live in my house and my husband, Pratik, and our daughter, Lulu, who is six years old and <laughs> our cat who's two we just adopted him he, he's our our pandemic pet slash drunk comfort kitty um <laughs> he's really good at that and yeah various molds probably yeah. there's a lot of random things probably growing in the crevices but i think that covers the bases oh pandemic cat yeah that is wonderful. Two years old. Can I ask what mm -hmm. uh, the cat's name is? Yes, it is. Right now, it's changed a bunch. Right now, mm. it's it's Clyde 
Sunshine Petoskey. That is Dia a, Sarkar. That's yeah. a great name. You should. I always like to throw a general or a captain or something or Mister <laughs> in front of it because that just makes it even better. So yeah, yeah. But the um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's a whole complex evolution. But it was Sunshine, and then and then my, my daughter said, "How about Clid?" And I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> Like close, general close. general Clid, we're, yeah, we're, that would be <laughs> not hard. So I'm like, you know, Clid is a little awkward, but how about Clyde? So mm, that's really, yeah. yeah, really a save that you made there. So. <laughs> poor Clid. Oh, poor Clid. No one can find Clid. Where's Clid? It's like you're reaching around trying to find Clid, but you keep missing it. It's oh, right in front of you. Right oh, there. funny. Just look. All right. So you recently wrote this piece for the New York Times yes. Yes. about your experience sort of being between as the caregiver for your folks and your own family. And surprise, you are not alone. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it's a very, this is a situation I think so many of us find ourselves in, even in the best of circumstances, like not a pandemic really really threatening people of a certain age and I don't know I just really wanted to talk (laughs) to someone else about sort of that feeling experience we have in that place as the one in the middle of the sandwich as it were so I'm going to start just by asking you to talk a little bit about why why did you write the piece I can probably Yes, but it's fun in interviews to ask questions like that. So Sure. Well, I actually got asked to write it. Mm. But so my, my old intern, I used to work at Spin Magazine, as you pointed out. And one of my interns is now the head of the parenting section. So, oh. Although I think she's now just a columnist. But at the time she was. And so I sent a few questions her way. We batted the back and forth. She's like, well, why do you write about this? So I was like, I mean, basically, I had all these like sort of fleshed out pitches and then just a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> the complaint was <laughs> my life sucks. Um, I'm taking care of my parents and my kid and we even have an elderly cat who just turned 18 so it's like everyone in my life is either too old or too fucking young yeah and so she's like yeah so she basically said you know why don't you write about that so that's what I did did you Mm -hmm. did it help (laughs) writing about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean it helped in that like yeah I mean yeah it, it did it was sort of like a a what do you call it when you, um, what's the word for it? Cathartic, sort cathartic. of. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> uh, cathartic, yes. It, it was, it definitely felt cathartic. And and then, you know, uh, a fair, I, I was surprised at the, the amount of people that saw it and who reached out who were in similar circumstances. And, you know, one thing I, I, I mentioned, so I sort of like hint at it in the essay, but I didn't really explore it is, is my mom has dementia. Yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty advanced at this point. You know, and sort of just balancing that and the kid and then and then, you know, my dad is he's he's your sort of I mean, they're still alive. They're still together, which is pretty remarkable. But, you know, he he's an old white man mm-hmm. <laughs> and old white men were never <laughs> they don't know how to care give. That wasn't part of their upbringing. Right. You know, he's he's an academic like he's a scientist. He he you know, spent the past 30, 40 years in a laboratory. That's what he's good at. Like, you know, yeah. when it comes to like caregiving or 
cooking food or oh my god even like helping someone get dressed or toileting like yeah. forget about it forget about it so you know there was a time when I was like helping change diapers on both ends yeah Whew. yeah so yeah pretty, pretty that's intense stuff those activities on either end are not what I would call emotionally bolstering like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're like, well, I feel pretty good about the day. You know, like, you know, the at the end of the piece, you talk about, you know, it's a nice way to wrap it up with, you know, caregiving yeah. for those you love yeah. is an act of love. You know, obviously, I obviously want to care for my parents. Yeah. I don't know if they want me to. And I. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think it's going to feel rewarding all the time. I don't know where. And like, talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. If you want um, to. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm totally. I'm basically, I sort of, I mean, I've been dealing with this for like the past 10 years. It's yeah. not. It's been a gradual thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I think you go through like the grieving process, which is really intense. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's an ambiguous loss because the person is still there. They're just not the person that they were. Right. So it's a very strange experience. I appreciate how you ended the piece yes. with recognizing that obviously there is love and joy coming from loving and taking care of those that you love. However, yeah. it can't possibly feel like that all the time, can it? No, I mean, no, are there... Of course not. No, there's, there are times... I mean, my parents have a, a caregiver now, a full-time caregiver, oh, but that's, they yeah, didn't that... when, when my kid was really little. And so I was basically learning how to take care of my mom as I was learning to take care of my kid. And yeah. that was just overwhelming. And I also had complications after uh, my daughter was born too. <laughs> I mean, I could really talk a lot about some pretty disgusting topics. <laughs> well, we can change topic at any point in yeah. time, Adrienne. Let's just say I had to have an emergency C-section and I picked up an infection at the hospital oh, that turned out God. to be antibiotic resistant. So I was sick, very sick for the first six, six months of her life and then it took about a year to get fully better that so, is i'm just gonna stop and say that is incredibly hard yeah that's it a lot hard. it was that's hard. a lot so you know even though in the pandemic things have been incredibly challenging and uh you know i mean especially when the schools shut down yeah and, i mean we, we, can, we can talk about this stuff i'm sure you've got your own stories but you know we they've got this caregiver now and so it's actually you know gotten a lot easier in some ways no well like it she, lets you it lets you sort of you step room. out right it like you it's yeah. you get to be yeah more like child again mm -hmm. a little bit as well as caregiver yeah. you get to care in a different way i would right like it's not some of the yes. physical stuff is so challenging yes and not having to deal with the physical stuff is just such a blessing <laughs> so <laughs> i'm i'm so glad and my daughter too it's like she can wipe her own butt now that's yeah. you know it's like all right <laughs> graduated <laughs> from the diapers so so we're Level excited up. about that yeah, but you know, one other thing I was going to say about it is like, it's incredibly difficult, but you know, dementia is also kind of funny. And I don't mean to belittle people that have dementia or their caregivers. It's, I mean, it's the most, it's grueling, it's agonizing. It's just like this, as I said, this ambiguous loss. 
Um, you, you know, you mourn the person who was. And in my case, you know, my mom was a really great person. Like we had, like many teenagers, you know, we went through difficult times, but she was, you know, very, I was an only child and she was very, she was a great mom. Like she showed up, but you know, it's like after a while, so my mom's <laughs> hearing is not great right now. And that combined with the dementia, it's right. like the world's worst game of telephone. <laughs> so I, I will be, you know, I'll be like, mom, like, I, I you know, I really, I got to go to the bank. And she'll be like, you got to go get tanked. You know, it's like yes. everything is just 90 degrees <laughs> off. And this happens all the time. So it just becomes funny. And I think it just helps. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah. But why not? It was like, I remember Joan Rivers was also like when she talked about her husband, you know, her husband passed away, I guess, like maybe a heart attack or something. And like she was at a restaurant with her daughter and looking at the menu and she's like, well, I'm really glad that your dad's dead or else his prices would kill him all over again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, humor is a coping mechanism. Oh, yes, it'll help us survive and live a million a million more years, <laughs> which may not be great for our children who then have to care for us. Anyway, but they, yeah. I want to, something else in your piece that I really was touched by, and again, I just don't think we talk about it very much, and that was your daughter, the, like, incessant sort of jealous reaction, and, and I don't think jealousy is necessarily the right word. That feels like that has a lot of, like, mature experience and but I know exactly what you mean it's this need it is like a animalistic sort of need that if you are showing attention to someone else who they know it's not even just like the stranger on the street it's someone that you obviously also love right <laughs> I yeah. bet they've got to throw themselves like I have gone to hug Stefan, my husband, and like Ellis, our youngest, will just see us cross the room and just wedge themselves in, to the point where we're just staring and looking at each other like, huh, there you go. That's, I see that. I know. It does wonders for the romance, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, it's real helpful. Especially our daughter's been sleeping in our room for the past three years. But that's another story. That's another um, helpful, helpful thing for <laughs> How, how old are your kids? When does Mine this start? Mine are now, my youngest just turned seven. So I know what okay. it's like to have a six-year-old in your house. So mm-hmm. that's something. And uh, my oldest is 11. You see how to think about that? I don't oh, yeah, have yeah, no, a lot I, I of thought. They're kids. They're walking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's that's the, the the fact that like I can't hug my husband or my like my mom or the yeah. cat even, and she she'll just tackle us like there's you know I get it elbowing anything that gets in the way. Um, we had this 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 one time that I was walking back when my mom was actually walking. She was in a wheelchair, but still very very unstable. Uh, we were walking down the street and I actually ended up tripping my mom back. So she tripped over my foot and she fell on, oh. uh, she hit the <laughs> sidewalk and I was like, oh, fuck, you know, and yeah. I ran over to, to check on her and my daughter had a fit like in the middle of the street and was just like screaming and crying. Oh. Anyway, so I ran over to her and I, I had to minister to her and leave my mom on the sidewalk. <laughs> well, now somebody else is like, you're a monster to, you know, you seniors. Win. You can't no, win. You, you can't cannot. Win. You cannot win. Yeah. So did uh, you, like you said, you've been kind of, it's a very slow, sneaky process. And I've heard that before. The like, slow, it's not, it's, 
Yes, there are situations sometimes where we find ourselves very quickly placed into a situation in which we are taking on a caregiver role to our caregivers. And other times it is this real slow, gradual, one day you show up and you see a little, the next time it's a little more, a little more. And, you know, that's, I guess, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a little bit of like, that's a long time of getting used to something while trying to get used to having a kid in your house while, you know, everything. Yeah, I mean, there's so many layers to it. And I, did you ever find a way to care for yourself during this? Because that's always kind of a bullshit thing. Like, how did you navigate it? Are you still navigating it, I assume, but. Yeah, that's a good question. I I guess it's really hard to sort of think about yourself when you're just, it's your job. It's a job, you never applied for this job. You never wanted this job necessarily, but you got the job. You know, obviously I made a choice to have my kid and, you know, she's the, she's awesome, but, you know, she's also crazy if I could like sort of, you know, rework her DNA a little bit, make her a little bit less crazy, I would do it. Um, but That'd just affect something else weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something else would be, she'd have like five heads or something. So I'll, I'll, right, take, I'll take the crazy. Trade off. the crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh, you know, I think it was just like those, the first, the few years when she was really young Ugh. and taking care of my mom or helping take care of her. I mean, my dad has been around and he's been, you know, he's, he's done the best he can. Yeah. So I, I'm grateful to have him and, of course, my husband. And then, you know, and yeah, we, we've made it work. And I said, as I said, things have gotten easier of late. So I guess it's sort of giving me time to kind of look back and be like, holy shit, I went through a hurricane. Yeah. And you've come out in a pandemic. Enjoy. Did you find that the like pandemic i can't tell you how many conversations i had with friends who all were saying i have to call my parents and they're like i'm not wearing a mask and i'm like god mom dad just wear a mask and i'm like Um, wow you guys no one's even sick and you're already taking on the role of you know the the parent but yeah i don't know did you did you already have care for your folks when this started how did that like so, Even that's got to make you nuts a little bit, right? Yeah. So we, we, I had recently, so my mom had been in rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd fallen and I can't even remember. I mean, she's broken, you know, she's got advanced osteoporosis. She's broken everything. So she had a fall last summer and, oh, that's right. She broke a bunch of ribs and they punctured yeah, her. Yeah, that's what you said in the article. And like everything filled up with air and blood and like, that's bad. Oh, it's bad. If you're in your mid eighties or early well she's sort of 83 84 I don't remember yeah yes exceptionally bad so so they kept her for a while and then she graduated to uh, like a nursing facility and it was just that was a very dark period because we didn't have help and my dad was going insane and he would just go visit the 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 facility yeah every day and just sit there for hours and hours and like do you want to play music or a movie or something like why are you just sitting there like did he bring the paper and, and like would read it to her, but she wasn't really aware of what was going on. So mom got discharged and went home and, you know, couldn't do anything. It's like she was having accidents and like, 
you know, uh, all this stuff. And my dad was like, just like, I, I'm losing my mind. So I'm like, I'm hiring someone. So I, I found someone. So who started, I think in November or December. So mm. she had just been there for a few months, but she's been, I mean, it has changed everyone's life. Yeah. But, but that's her like... daughter got sick in Oof. April. And so she, it wasn't COVID, but she was afraid that it was COVID. So uh, she was afraid to come to my parents' place for several weeks. And that, that was sort of, I think I wrote about the essay about that, yeah. like doing these food drops and, yeah. you know, and, but not wanting to get too close to my dad and, and opening the window just a little bit. So my daughter could, you know, shout out, <laughs> hi, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's like, you know, like this additional weird, like sort of cloud of, uh, with the recent surgeries related to the lungs and now you've got the you know like and the best we could do is just walk through it but like it's still I think what we don't do enough is acknowledge you know that toll you know like it's Mm -hmm. still there chipping away chip 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 yeah it's It's a lot yeah, Roz Chast wrote about yes. that. What is what is that? Um, it's something I love that book. Uh, it's like, can we talk about something more pleasant? Uh, like yeah. that was my, that was my life. Like only child. Yep. Older parents, being a parent yourself. Yep. And having an occupation that is kind of, I'm not going to say dispensable, but she's a cartoonist, and yeah. so she, you know, I remember there's one panel where she's like, the mom's at the facility, yeah, and she's like, you know, she's like calling the nurses over and being like, okay, I'm going to go draw, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> Like Roz out, yeah, <laughs> and, it, and you know, and it's like I'm gonna go home and write. I guess this, you know a profile of someone. Like, do I should I be doing this? Like, you're just out, outsourcing kind of the unpleasant stuff to people who are you know don't really have other options. Like taking these jobs that you know more you know people who have in a better position I guess wouldn't necessarily take. It leads me to kind of where I want to wrap up, and that is yeah. uh, it's great that you mentioned Roz because. Reading Roz's, I remember my mother sent me that book like years <laughs> ago. Yeah, a while oh. ago saying, get ready. You know, like, <laughs> I was just sitting, just go ahead and get ready for this, right? Well, that's, and, that's awesome that they're yeah, like. It was very awesome and <laughs> very funny. helpful. But it was very helpful to read. And yeah. I, I know that it helped a lot of people reading it feel seen and not as crazy and alone. Yeah, so I kind of want to end with the response that you've gotten. You know, like what's nice about your piece is that, you know, I just think we need to write more and more and more and more about these okay. kinds of things so that we can all stop feeling crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, it was it was pretty awesome. I mean, a lot of it was was my you know friends and a lot of my my peers who are kind of in my age group. Yeah, being like, oh my god, I you know I was I was just talking about this this article with my book club and you know and people <laughs> were really commiserating and yeah, it's like we're at an age where where parents get sick. Those of us who are lucky to still have parents in our lives, I know I know people who don't have parents anymore, and uh, you know they they don't they certainly don't envy me. Yeah, but. <laughs> I am, you know, blessed to have had them for this long and to be able to spend time with them. And and my daughter is their only grandchild because I was an, I come from a small family. So it's like when they see her, it's just like, it you know, everything changes. Like, yeah. they just totally light up. And that's that's one reason that, um you know, we go and see them, even though it's it's not protocol. We're careful with our own bubbles. But 
Yeah. So so the outpouring really, it was, it was, I was overwhelmed. I I had to shut down. I I didn't respond to anything for for several days. I didn't look at email. I didn't look at (laughs) socials such as they are. I don't have like very impressive socials, but I was just like, I could, I couldn't handle it. It was too much. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm also not used to, I've interviewed, I've done hundreds, maybe thousands of interviews, but I'm not used to the microscope being on me so I get mm. very I guess I'm kind of weirdly private in a lot of ways um which is why I wrote about this for yeah because I which is why I wrote <laughs> all about your life <laughs> <laughs> never mind maybe I'm not that private um <laughs> well I I appreciated yeah. you writing about it thank you and I th- because I think again so Good many mom. people are carrying this right now and yeah. uh, you know the one of the main themes of this show is just how strange it is we don't talk about so much in general. I mean, we now talk about everything, but like it's how easy it is to find yourself feeling very isolated and very much the only person going through it. And it's just not true. Mm. And by sharing the story, I'm sure was a relief to many people doesn't fix anything but it's nice to know you're not alone (laughs) you know so i appreciate it especially now i mean when everyone's like sheltering in place or whatever or you know yeah yeah isolation can be scary and we're heading into winter so yeah i i just you know it's you aren't you aren't alone out out there whoever's listening to this that's right um, i can't wait to see what other deeply personal story you decide (laughs) maybe in the future to share with the entire world (laughs) oh i have a few I'm sure. I'm just, I know. I'm just polishing them. <laughs> well, Adrian, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thanks for writing the piece. We'll link everybody up to where they can read it if they hadn't read it already. And I just, you're doing a really good job. There's a, you got a lot going on. It's not like I, I see you. <laughs> you're doing thank a really you. good job. Thank you. I'm trying. And, you know, same back at you and yeah. everyone else listening. It's, yeah, it's thanks. Easy, We're all just but... showing up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Okay. Thank you so much. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Native. With the holiday season right around the corner, get into the spirit by indulging in the sights and sounds and scents of the season. It's a great time to update your Native collection with their candy cane holiday scent. Ho, ho, ho! (laughs) Okay, you guys, I was a little skeptical, I'll admit. when I saw that my new deodorant was candy cane scented. I wasn't sure I wanted to smell like a candy cane, but I went for it. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now and I actually really, really like it. I don't feel like I smell like a candy cane, but it is a really nice, pleasant, like mild, but enjoyable scent. And Native has ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Plus, the Candy Cane gift set makes for a great gift option, and all Native products are great stocking stuffers. Shop Native's holiday collection today by going to nativedeo.com slash badmother 
or use promo code BADMOTHER at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash badmother or use promo code BADMOTHER at checkout for 20% off your first order. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Ooh, genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. <laughs> um, so my nine-year-old daughter, Gracie, received as gift a pack of cards for the game Old Maid. Oh, which yeah. I just hadn't thought about in a really long time. And she wanted to play. And I was like, yeah, I'll play. Yeah. And I was explaining the rules and sitting down. And as I was explaining the rules, <laughs> I found myself explaining what an old maid is. Yeah. And she was horrified. Sure. As somebody who's, who has said recently that she does not plan to marry. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is great. She was like looking at me like, how is this possible that this is like a thing that yeah. old, ma- you know? Yeah. And I said, oh, it's called sexism. <laughs> yeah, it's called sexism. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about like, wow, this is like very, very anti-feminist and just very yeah. like old. It's just like an old. It's not even something people say anymore. Yeah. But the game is actually still pretty fun. And yeah. so we're playing. And as we're playing, I said, let's not call it old maid. Why don't we call it? And I thought for a second and then I said, let's call it happy woman. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So she was cool with that. So we renamed it happy woman. And then to take it one step further, we realized why not make the rule that whoever ends up with the happy woman card at the end is the winner. Right. Rather than the loser. Than the loser. Yeah. And I was pretty proud of myself for that. You should be pretty proud of yourself. That is excellent. I just, I just, like with my kids, when we were doing Old Maid, I was like, they're like, A, they didn't ask. Uh, And B, (laughs) Stefan and I made a big deal about being like, well, you don't want to wind up with the Old (laughs) Maid. (laughs) (laughs) But I like your way a lot better. That's healthier. You're doing Either such a way. good... You know what? You're really doing a good job. Thank you. I think that's fucking genius. All right. I read a whole book. Da, uh, da, da, da. Whoa. I know. Whoa, whoa, I gobbled whoa. it up. I gobbled it. So some of you may remember that a previous genius had been... I reached out to my family a couple of months ago, and I said, I need help. I'd really like books and puzzles. And they sent them... And the wonderful owner of the little bookstore, Murder by the Book in Texas, it's a cozy mystery place, worked with me. And one of the books that they sent was The Haunting of Maddie Claire. It's like part cozy, part historical fiction, part romance. Hello, there was some romance. 
And by romance, I mean sex. And a ghost. This this was everything I wow. could have ever wanted. And I gobbled. I read during the day sometimes when I could have been oh. filling that time with something important. So like good. work or cleaning. Yeah. So That's I just, when you know you have yeah. something going for you. Yes. Yeah. yes. So good. Good Thank job. you. Thank you. I am calling with a genius. Today, I prevented glitter from coming into my house <laughs> because I remember the glitter episode, so I know not to let glitter into my house. And my kids are now six and eight years old, and we successfully have never had glitter. Well, today, my eight-year-old asked me, could she have glitter for Christmas? I asked her, is there anything you want for Christmas? And the one thing she asked for was glitter for art projects. And I just had to tell her no, because there is no way in the middle of a pandemic, especially, am I bringing glitter into my house for the first time. So the genius is that I prevented glitter from coming into my house. There might be a sale in there that the one Christmas gift she wanted, I had to say no to. But at least there's no glitter coming in my house. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You this is amazing. Are, uh, a statue should be built to you. Yes. <laughs> and every craft aisle everywhere. Yes. yes. Or well, actually in Target parking lots everywhere. That is where the statues of great parenting moments should go is the Target parking lot. Mm-hmm. You are so good. Yeah. You're so good. What a great boundary. Sorry. Yeah. This just isn't a glitter house. Right? It's like, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not doing it. It's not even we, like, I'm going to think about it. Yeah. Like, that we don't one listen is to, not going to happen. Right. We yeah. don't listen to rock and roll. Yeah. We go to church on Sundays. There'll never be glitter, whatever your family thing is. I think you're doing an amazing job. I also, I love <laughs> the part where you said, there's no way during a pandemic oh, yeah. I'm going to do it for the first time. Like yeah. as though, yeah. like, well, yeah, if we had done, if we'd like been through glitter yeah. before, then maybe, but not for the first time. Not now. No. Not with everything There's... else going on. It's not time to bring glitter into this. <laughs> That's right. There we've, that we need our limits. Yeah. Limits. Yeah. Remarkable. Statue. Failures. suck fail me Teresa I can do that okay so we have one of those doll baby doll strollers this one currently belongs to Curtis my three and a half year old it's one of those things that like whenever we haven't had one in the house they need to have one they're desperate for one why do I not have a stroller for the babies Once we have it, it's it's like not getting that much. Like it just doesn't get used that much. And for some reason, I have always had trouble closing the doll baby's umbrella strollers. I don't know why. I'm great with regular strollers for regular human babies. Mm -hmm. But these ones, for some reason, I'm always having issues with them. I've like broken one in the past, (laughs) trying to close it, being so angry. And so... The other night, it was like the end of the night, and it was that time of day where like the kids are going to bed, and we never did clean up really, and so there's just stuff everywhere, and I'm agitated, 
and I don't want to take it out on them. So I take it out on the stroller mm. by just saying like, I in my mind, I think my exact thoughts were like, I don't care if this breaks it. I'm just going to close it right now. It's going to close. Like I was like, I don't care. I'm closing it. And as I closed it, I, I did something that caused it to slam on my oh finger, my mm. my right hand, and I'm right-handed, like oh. pointer finger, index finger, I guess it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pointing at you, the main blaming finger. you. This is for like breaking the, the stroller, yeah, pointing yeah. at myself. That's the yeah pointer. Yeah, the guilt for finger being bad because <laughs> I'm bad, 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 and it hurt so bad. Mm. That I don't even know how a kid's toy could make a person this badly hurt. It seems Mm. shocking that it would make it through the rigorous toy vetting whatever process that they do because they're afraid of lawsuits. I mean, really, I was holding back tears. Yeah. And this was like a three weeks ago fail, you guys, that I've been hanging on to. Oh. My finger is still fucked up. Like, I really, I like punched a hole in my finger. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like the skin has to heal, but what's (laughs) under the skin also has to heal. Like, it's really, really not okay. I have to tend to it multiple times a day. It's where that little triangle is on the baby umbrella stroller. That little like it's you're like that's supposed to, and then it doesn't. You're yeah. aware of exactly. I what fucking happened. hate yes. those baby strollers. Yes, those babies need to fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a horrible job. Yep. Thanks. Mm. So. Ella's had their physical, and I don't know. Maybe I'll get through this, guys, without losing my shit, because I had therapy today. And, you know, we all just, like, let it pile up like a big and shit And once sandwich. you open it? Yeah, once you open it. It's open. It just, yep. and it, it's open. you know, here's the funny thing in therapy. It wasn't even the lead topic. But Ugh. I think I've mentioned in the past, Ellis is tall and skinny. And mm-hmm. once again... Ellis's weight is just is below. It's below yeah. where it should be. Uh, he's a comes from a family of high metabolism. He's a picky eater, uh, and by picky, I mean he, they're these exact same things this kid eats every day, forever. Yeah. And you know, the doctor had said, and I was ready for that. You know, I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then the doctor had said, you know, if if they don't gain weight by, you know, in a year, we're going to have to do some blood work just to check on stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of this is fine. And then, like, two days later, that, like, somehow this is my fault. Mm-hmm. Why can't I, I'm not feeding my child enough. Mm-hmm. They're getting no protein. I should have been forcing them to eat food, obviously. Right. right. Like, there's that would have worked. That would have worked. worked. Yeah. I should have really been well. So I don't know why you didn't do that. Yeah. And more serious yeah. about yeah. getting them to yeah. not be so picky. Also, you know, I'm a, like, my kid is underweight. Yeah. Underweight. I know. And it's so, stressful. you know, now I have to, like, the next place my mind went was, all right, 
now it's time to fix it. I mean, I don't know what that involves, but like this idea of now my brain is going to be thinking about like, how do I get more protein in? Do I have to make more fucking muffins? I really don't like making smoothies, guys. And I know smoothies are the answer to everything. And we even have like a stick blender. It shouldn't be hard. I fucking hate <laughs> making smoothies. Okay. And so like, I don't know, it's just one more thing to think about. And I know it's not really my fault. But like, and I know we feed that kid, like healthy, good food. But all at the same time, it really makes me feel like shit. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it's really, it's one of those things that now you just get to think about. All the time. And Mm -hmm. feel bad. Like, there's no, it's not like now that the doctor said that, now you're like, okay, well, then I'll I'll fix this problem and then that will be good. It's like actually the opposite of that because now there really isn't anything for you to do except think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm going to start creatively cooking something that it's suddenly not gonna, yeah. that's not gonna that's like not what that's just not I just yeah you know I don't know this is just one of those pointing fingers I need to go slam my finger in a baby stroller mm-hmm. so it can't keep pointing back at me yep yeah. I recommend it thank you it hurts really bad it's a great distraction <laughs> that's what I need yeah literally <laughs> <sighs> Oh, hey, this is a fail. Uh, I have to pee. I have to pee. I'm driving someplace and I have to pee. And this is a fail that keeps happening to me because I haven't been driving anywhere in like, what, seven months, eight months? I don't know. It still feels like March. But like, I gotta pee so bad. And like, I don't want to stop anywhere. Like, what? Like, I'm so good. I tell my kids, I'm like, gotta go potty before we go. And it's like, (laughs) did I go potty? And then... I don't think I did, Uh, and I'm just going to hold it and be uncomfortable for the next 45 minutes because pandemic. I'm so mad at myself because this is is a real thing that's been happening to me a lot. Anyways, ta-da! Hey, you're doing a horrible job. I love this fail so much. This is, no one, no one wants to say to themselves, have you pottied before you go? No. And uh, none of us remember that. We're we're out of routine. We're not walking third, fourth, fifth place, whatever, wherever that is in your house. That is like, that's the jersey we're wearing. Yeah. And you're right. We don't drive a lot of places as much right now. Yeah. And so it's really easy to forget. Yeah. I Yeah. Do you remember that genius, though? The uh, woman peeing who in had the diaper. peeing in the diaper because yeah. she had the babies asleep yeah. and she didn't want to get them out. So, you know, yep. desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. I thought that was fucking genius. Yeah. So you're failing... At not using the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You're failing at this happening repeatedly. Yeah. And you're failing for not keeping diapers in your car for emergencies. To pee into. Like this. Just to pee into. <laughs> pee on? 
to pee on? I don't know. Would you put the whole thing on like you were dressing or would you just like sit on it? Slip it into your undies. Yeah, that would be a really weird feeling. It doesn't sound fun. No, but but hey. 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing sounds fun. Nothing's fun. Yeah, very true. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing a horrible job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Calm. 2020 has been a lot, as has all of the years I've had children in my house. (laughs) (laughs) And the Calm app is incredibly helpful for less stress and more sleep. And not just at night, when I first got it, when I was at my peak of emotional breakdowning, I used it in Carline. You can use it anytime you are in a car and can sit somewhere by yourself for five to 10 minutes. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash badmother. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash badmother. That's calm.com slash badmother. Hey everyone, it's I, John Hodgman of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. And I, Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse podcast. And we've made a whole new podcast, a 12-episode special miniseries called I, Podius, in which we recap, discuss, and explore the very famous 1976 BBC miniseries about ancient Rome called I, Claudius. We've got incredible guests such as Gillian Jacobs, Paul F. Tompkins, as well as star of I, Claudius, Sir Patrick Stewart. And his son, non-sir Daniel Stewart. Don't worry, Daniel. Get there someday. iPodius is the name of the show. Every week from MaximumFun.org for only 12 weeks. Get them at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we host Round Round Springfield. Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons-adjacent podcast where we talk to your favorite Simpsons writers, voice actors, and everyone who's worked on the show to talk about shows that aren't The Simpsons. So we're going to be talking to people like David X. Cohen, Yeardley Smith, Tim Long about other projects they've worked on, sometimes projects that didn't go well. Mm. Some failures. Yeah. Some rejections. Some failed pilots. (laughs) Some failed life events. Yeah. We just (laughs) talked to all the failures of The Simpsons. Yeah. So if you really love your Simpsons trivia and want to get to know the people who have worked on The Simpsons a little bit better, come by Round Springfield. Every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, and so is everything about this year, (laughs) which I think uh, sets the mood for us to settle in and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hey, this is a breakdown that feels like a fail, but it's probably actually a genius. I don't know. My husband's in the hospital again, had another surgery after being in and out for a year and almost dying twice. And we have a 13-year-old, and 
I feel like such a failure as a mom because I'm working and I can't just take off because this is a new job to devote all my time to both of both my husband and my daughter simultaneously and she's having to stay with the wonderful angel that is a neighbor who has kids her own age who actually get her to read willingly so god bless all of them (laughs) but I come home and I'm tired even though all I've done is work and visit my husband in the hospital, and yet I have this other human I need to take care of, and I don't even need to feed her because the neighbor's doing it. But I'm still so tired, and I look around, and there's laundry that needs to be done, and I'm not cooking a home-cooked meal every night and doing the cleaning and everything that I need to do, and I I can't even bring myself to eat sometimes, it feels like, and I'm just... I'm breaking down, but I'm I'm still going to therapy and talking about it, and I'm still existing and taking care of my kids, so I guess that's a genius. I don't know. Y'all are doing a good job. I am not. Thanks for letting me scream into the void. Okay. Couple of things, and the first thing, you know what's coming, and everybody who's listening to this podcast is screaming it out loud at you at this moment and that is you are doing a remarkable fucking job all right Uh, uh, yeah it's we can't we can't get the words out fast enough it's correct you're doing such a good job in Uh, such a hard situation yes these are these are really Difficult things you're dealing with. Objectively. Objectively. objectively, Very difficult. What is bullshit garbage stuff that we need to not focus our attention on is shit like home-cooked meals and fucking laundry. Those are the things that when we are so tired and we are so spent and we are so full and... We feel like our control is slipping away, that it is really easy to focus on. Those are sort of like the monsters under the bed that are like, oh, is she tired? You're not doing this thing that magazines tell you you're supposed to be doing or that it looks like all your neighbors are successfully doing, right? Like, Yeah, we absolve you of the home-cooked meals thing. It's over. This is yeah. not the time for that. Mm-mm. Don't waste your precious, very Jeez. limited energy on that. Mm-hmm. You're doing a million amazing things. <laughs> and because your partner is the one who's having health issues and in the hospital, you don't have that other person there to even like share this kind of stuff with. But, I mean, I'm sure you're communicating, but it's not the same. Like. Mm-mm. You know, you're this is a lot on your shoulders. So any possible thing you can take off your shoulders, now is the time to do it. Like take it off. Now is yeah. totally the time to do it. You could also do it other times, but now for sure. We can get too hard on ourselves and not even be aware of it. Yeah. Right? Like not even we can beat ourselves up about things that it actually sounds like you're doing amazing. You are showing up for your job. Yeah. Right? Which is a lot. You have provided a safe space for your child to go 
Okay, yes. that is a big deal. It's huge, right? That yes. is the, and you are not alone in the fact that your child has to rely on neighbors or friends or after school or whatever. And you are providing a wonderful safe place for them. You're doing an amazing job trusting your neighbor and allowing somebody to help you. God, yes. that's good work. Yes. And you're also carrying all the emotional weight of your partner who is sick and ill and that can have emotional repercussions on you i heard you say he's almost died and that uh, that's like a yeah. really big emotional pivot of yes uh, uh, yes uh, right it's so much i'm really hugging you from afar you're amazing mm-hmm. Teresa, you are also doing a very good job thanks biz yeah, no, you really, you really are. And well, I appreciate having you as my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I also see what a good job you're doing right now. Mm, thank you. All right. I'll see you next week, Teresa. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Well, everyone, what did we learn today? We learned, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> This is all still happening. I think we've learned that it's all still happening. I think we've learned that we're all doing a pretty good job showing up every day. And probably that we are being much harder on ourselves than we need to be. And that, you know, where we can let go of stuff, the things that maybe were important at some point that really aren't now, we can let go of those things. And I think what I liked so much about talking with Adrian was just that this is how it is. This is this is where we are, guys. This is pandemic or no pandemic. We are always, if we have kids in our house and we still have parents or caregivers of us that are still alive, we have found ourselves in the weird place of being the parent and being the child. And there's a good chance we're still trying to figure out how to be both of those things. And I know there have been lots of times I definitely want to be the child around my kids. No, no, no. Me, me, me. Stop it. Pay attention to me. And then it's weird when I find myself having to be more parental with my folks. I, you know, none of it's easy and nobody likes it. My children don't like it. And I'm pretty sure my parents don't like it. And I don't like it. So great. <laughs> so I think the lesson that I'm learning is once again, not to let stories and images and whatever people want to use to sell me something or to make me feel like I'm supposed to be a certain way or have a certain feeling about these sort of very normal experiences is bullshit. <laughs> I don't have to enjoy it, right? I can love it and hate it. Everybody, you are doing a remarkable job. If there is one thing that I learn every time I listen to the hotline is that nobody is winning or losing at having 
too much to do, having too much on them, having not enough sleep, being too tired. Like there's, it's really difficult in its own way for all of us. This is Dante's, I mean, it just goes right back to Dante's, your personal hell. What is your personal hell? I don't know. No better time to find out than right now. So you're all doing amazing. I see you showing up and doing something. Maybe it's the best you got that day. Maybe it's not. But you did something. You did it. Good job. Let's get up tomorrow and do something else. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.